At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. A warm up for Levo. Welcome to Love Las Vegas. For Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Guy Hoops Spears. And now, a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And We've got a tremendous podcast for you. As in the second segment, we are going to be joined by one of our good friends, Jim Root. Does a great job with the three-man weave and legitimately all three gentlemen over there at the three-man weave. Kai, Jim, and Matt. All these guys are absolutely amazing work. We're going to be talking with Jim about some of the guys that have some of the biggest NBA draft decisions, teams that stand to gain slash lose the most within the next few weeks. We're also going to be talking about the fact that Pat Baldwin Jr. a little bit more likely to come back to college now that he had literally the fourth worst vertical jump that we have. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. ever seen in the history of the NBA Draft Combine, so that's not necessarily too terrific right there, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to talk about some of the teams that he feels under the radar have been able to do a good job with the transfer portal and how much of what we're going to be seeing in the transfer portal does hinge upon these NBA Draft decisions and how it's sort of a carousel that has slowed down a little bit and then once we wind up getting these draft decisions, it is going to be going at full speed. So we're going to be having that chat in the second segment and then in the final segment, we did wind up seeing quite a bit of news in college basketball on Wednesday. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of roundup as to the news and notes of that. A few NBA draft decisions, a few transfer moves, and we really did see quite a few late transfer moves as well. So, going to get you guys all caught up on that. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter. So, as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast, 
podcast five stars. It is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Via that five star review, really did not wind up getting in any questions today, but we did wind up having a tremendous chat with Jim Root of the Three Man Weave. We're going to be bringing that to you next, right here on Close to Soups with myself, Greg Eubes and now a part of the Vison family of podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Gibbs, and now a part of the decent family of podcasts. And it is always a pleasure to get any of the gentlemen of the three man weave on the podcast. And today it is Jim Root who is joining me. Much like myself, Mr. Jim Root began his life out there in the great state of Wisconsin. And much like myself, he made the trek to lovely Las Vegas where he's doing a great job over there at the three man weave covering all things college basketball. For the three band weave, you're able to follow them on Twitter at the number three MW underscore CBB. And for Jim, you're able to follow him on Twitter at second chance points at three man weave doing great work over there with the field of 68. They've been doing some contributions with the action network list goes on and on. And I know that they do a podcast of their own, which you're able to find wherever you get this podcast. And Jim, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Greg. Always a lot to talk about this offseason more than ever, given the way the portals exploded and the draft decisions, as you mentioned. So, a lot to dig into. Oh, there certainly is. And right now, what I think is the biggest thing is these NBA draft decisions. We've seen a couple guys wind up making transfer moves, like Greg Elliott. We wound up seeing him transfer away from Marquette a few days ago. Going to Pittsburgh, that's all well and good. But I feel like, really, the big dominoes to fall right now are with regards to these NBA draft decisions. Do we wind up seeing someone like Pat Baldwin Jr. who wound up really hurting his sock this last year at UW-Milwaukee decide to return? What do we wind up getting out of the Michigan guys? And I really feel like 
the transfer portal is in a little bit of a holding pattern as a result because when these guys wind up making their decisions, I feel like a lot of these ancillary guys are going to fall. I don't know if you wind up seeing it any differently, but I really think that we're sort of in, for lack of a better term, a little bit of a wait and see with regards to these big guns, and then everything else is really going to start to fall into place. Definitely. I think a lot of you know the guys that are still in the portal, some of the marquee names like a Tyrese Hunter, is waiting to see what happens with the transfer portal. Gonzaga, usually a team that's really uh, pretty active in the portal. They've gotten some awesome players out of there in the past. Nemhard, Nigel Williams-Goss. I know they've got Efton Reed coming in this year, but they seem like a team that's really kind of lurking to see what Drew Timmy does, what Julian Strother does, because then I think they could get really active in the portal if those guys leave. Kansas is another team that has a couple guys kind of sitting in there, and maybe there are people waiting to see what happens. A lot of the dominoes that we're still waiting to see fall are hinged based on how the combine goes and these draft decisions. And so that should all be coming to a head here in the next you know, week or two. Yep, I totally agree with you. And I think that a lot of these guys that did not wind up getting a invite to the combine, we've already seen it with a few of them winding up returning to school. But I think we're going to see a lot of that. And I always think that it's very intriguing because I think that you could read through the tea leaves a little bit. And some of these guys that they decide to not wind up going to the combine, like a Musa Diabate, for instance, I always think that's so intriguing because typically when you do wind up seeing a situation like that, there's a little bit of a guarantee. I remember this was the case which with, I believe, Chandler Hutchinson a few years ago over there at Boise State because a lot of us were a little bit scratching our head as to why he wound up remaining in the NBA draft wound up that there was a little bit of agreement between he and the Bulls for being a first-round pick. And that's a lot of what's going behind the scenes as well. So it's sort of one of these times in which the NBA and these teams that are scouting right now and college basketball sort of merge for the next two weeks where college basketball fans want to really be taking a look at the NBA and sort of a little bit of a vice versa for that regard. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, you know, some of the top teams in the country have some guys sitting in there like Arkansas is you know almost unanimously top five around the country, but some of that is hinging on whether Jalen Williams stays in the draft. Uh, Arizona's got some big pieces in there, Coloco and Dalen Terry, two guys that could potentially come back and really solidify the rotation for Tommy Lloyd. Uh, you mentioned those Michigan guys, that they're obviously big, big dominoes. And then even just some of these guys we saw from the G League Combine, G League Elite Combine, they got invited to the main combine. We got Kenneth Lofton Jr., another guy that's both a pro decision domino and a, a transfer portal guy, kind of like Pat, Patrick Baldwin Jr., like you mentioned. And then Marcus Sasser might be the biggest piece for the national title race of the draft decisions. I think if he comes back to Houston, they are my number one team. I think he is just going to be dominant, and, and he was fantastic in the G League Elite Camp pickup games from what I saw on Twitter. So if he stays in the draft because of that positive momentum, that kind of shifts the outlook for Houston. Maybe they're not quite as secure in the backcourt and even Lofton Jr. is a guy that's been whispered about potentially going to Houston should he come back to college, but he got that invite up to the next level. So monitoring what's going on with those guys, you know, it's not just the lottery picks, not just the first rounders. It's even some of these fringe guys that are trying to weigh whether they'll make more with NIL coming back or if there's more value to them going and try to get a pro contract or a 10-day and, and getting latched onto a team right away. So a lot to monitor, like you said, and both at the top of the country and as you go down top 25 and further down. And I think that you bring up such a good point, as we do have Jim Root of the Three Man Weave joining me on the podcast. I mean, the lottery guys are the lottery guys. Nobody was expecting Paulo Boncaro to go back to school. If Chet Holmgren was saying in Godzaga, 
for more than one year. Something probably went terribly wrong in season number one for Chad Holmgren, which obviously it did not wind up doing so. He is going to be, at the very minimum, a top four pick. So that all wound up shaping out there. So all these guys are going to be going in the lottery. They really don't have decisions. I really think the biggest decisions come with these guys that they are right on the borderline of being a first-round pick, which is why I do wind up bringing up Pat Baldwin Jr. Because I mean, we thought that going into his season at UW-Milwaukee, this guy was going to be a lottery pick. He could wind up playing his way into the top five if everything wound up going as well as it could have for him. Obviously, it was the exact opposite of going as well as it could have for him as he wound up getting injured. His father, unfortunately, had no idea how to coach the team to save his life. And, well, he shot 27% from three-point range in the Horizon League. So that's not going to help out your stock right there. But I, these are really the guys that have the biggest decisions. We've already seen one guy in Max Christie that was sort of on the borderline. He decided to stay in the draft, so that was a little bit of a blow for Michigan State, though I would argue he just really didn't wind up doing a lot for Michigan State. He was not an impact guy. For them, So that wasn't necessarily too much of a blow. You'd obviously love to have them back, but not a whole heck of a lot lost there. But I really think those guys, they're on the cut line of whether or not they're going to be a first round or a second round pick. Those are the biggest ones, because if these guys don't get that first round guarantee, a lot of these guys, we've been seeing it over the last few years, decide to come back to school and try to vault themselves into perhaps being that fringe lottery guy the next season. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking at the list right now, and there's definitely some names right around there. You mentioned Baldwin. Right before we hopped on to record this, he posted like the fourth worst vertical jump that's ever been measured at the combine. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you add that with the poor production and the bad body language and injury concerns and everything that happened. Man, it seems like he really probably should come back to repair his stock, but you know, it's not my choice. We'll be curious to see what he does. Strother, a guy we mentioned... Kind of seems to fit what the NBA wants right now. The big wing shooter, he's right around there for Gonzaga. I think Trevor Keels is not officially in the draft. I can't remember if he's fully declared, but that's another guy that could potentially come back. We mentioned Caleb Houston, the Michigan guy, which seems to have the promise since he skipped the combine. So yeah, there's a lot of these guys floating right around that cut line that the decision is not going to be easy where, yeah, you'll probably get drafted, but is there an enticement with NIL plus improving your stock that could bring some of these guys that, yes, they might be top 60, but we get to see them again uh, one more year in college? I never knew that Pat Baldwin Jr.'s NIL deal would be with the song Baby Come Back to College. So that is just absolutely not good what we've been seeing with him, to say the least, because I can't remember a guy that has heard his talk that bad. And I mean, we remember Porter Jr. over there at Missouri a few years ago. He wanted hey, to hey, that hey. entire year. And, I mean, he didn't fall that far. No, I mean, that was a state of my alma mater. I'm, I'm so hurt by this, Greg. How dare you? <laughs> hey, I, I'm right now putting down our home state of Wisconsin while I'm at it as well. And I got accepted into UW-Milwaukee. So I'm not afraid to put them down as well because I also never wound up attending there as well. I spurned them for UW-Oshkosh. So... There is that aspect of it as well. And there is another aspect of things that we're taking a look at as well. And that's some of the moves that we have seen in the transfer report over the last few days. As I mentioned, a lot of the moves that are being made are with regards to the NBA draft and what we're seeing out there. But we have seen a couple moves wind up getting made in the portal. And I think taking a look at Nebraska, and I can't believe that I'm saying this, is going to be a little bit fascinating for the season because under the radar, 
They didn't look terrible in the Big Ten over the last three, four weeks of the season. They ran off those three straight wins. They knocked off Wisconsin on the road in that game, which John Davis wound up missing the second half. But now they wind up bringing in Emmanuel Bandamel. I know that they've been active in the portal, and they were swinging and missing until about 48 or so hours ago. But I take a look at Nebraska. They do wind up losing Bryce McGowan's, and no doubt this is going to be a little bit of a new-look team. But I feel like there was a little bit of positive momentum there. The Big Ten seems like it's going to be a little bit down this year. I'm not saying Nebraska is going to be a tournament team. I'm not saying they're going to make the top 25, but I think there could be marked improvement for the Cornhuskers this season. Yeah, I think if there is improvement, it does have a lot to do with what you mentioned. Kind of a down Big Ten next season. It's not as stacked as it normally is. I mean, there's some some quality big guys, but it is not loaded with teams that I feel like are national title contenders. And really not even loaded with teams where their fan bases are working themselves into a fervor about the, the roster this season. So... Nebraska, two of the last three years, I've fallen prey to the roster and thought, hey, maybe this is the one that fits Hoiberg's style and can spread the ball around and shoot from deep and has some versatile playmaking and get up and down the floor. So maybe this is the year that finally does it, but I'm a little more hesitant. I do want to see it before I believe it. I like Ben Dumel. I love Sammy Diesel Griesel, but he is a Summit League transfer, so let's not immediately... Bless him as a Big Ten star, and Juwan Gary is just a, a versatile defensive guy from Alabama. I question the offensive firepower a little bit for this team, but in the Big Ten, that's always kind of at a premium. So perhaps they're going to be a little more competitive just as the rest of the league sinks maybe a little closer to where they are and they find some incremental improvement. Yep, I do think that we could see Nebraska being able to rise up a little bit, and I think that that is going to be something to really be able to monitor because I do like the fact that they do wind up being able to pick up Bandamel in the transfer portal. And then I take a look at another downtrodden team in Pittsburgh getting exactly what they needed and a guy that we know from our state of Wisconsin, Greg Elliott, from Marquette going to Pittsburgh. Now, Greg Elliott had a couple off-court issues, wound up being suspended for a few games this last season, but if there was one thing that Pittsburgh could not wind up doing last season, it was being able to shoot the three, bringing bringing in a guy like a Greg Elliott who was never necessarily that guy that was going to go out there and light it up for Marquette, but was always a sharp shooter. I think it's big for a Pittsburgh team that I've always liked Jeff Capel as a coach. I feel like he's just been a victim of bad circumstances. Now, he hasn't necessarily done the best job in those circumstances as well, but I always feel like he's been dealt a bad hand. If he's able to have a little bit of help with this Pittsburgh team, and if Greg Elliott could come in and be able to be a guy that's able to give this team 10 or so points per game, I think that the arrow is trending up for Pittsburgh, and we've seen it with a couple of these ACC teams in recent years being able to rise up, and I think that Pittsburgh could be one of those teams that becomes one of the risers out there in the conference this year. Oh, man. We're not on the same page with Jeff Capel. I, I, I <laughs> think he's bad. <laughs> I think he does a great job of acquiring talent, and he's a, he wins the offseason a fair amount. But, yeah, he's not really able to put it onto the court. He's only had two top 50 seasons in the history of his coaching career. Both of them had Blake Griffin on the squad. Barely able to crack the top 100 in six years combined, Oklahoma and Pittsburgh. I'm not a big buyer on the way he puts teams together. I just don't think they play a very intelligent basketball. That said, I do like what he's done this offseason. I think you're very spot on. The pieces he's brought in with Cummings, Hinson, Elliott fixes a lot of what they were lacking last year. Some versatility, some shooting. The way that their guards played, they were so downhill but they were easy to defend because you didn't have to worry about them around the three-point arc. Now you add in some guys that mix up the approach there, and, and with Hughley inside, a really solid big man that continues to develop. There's potential with this roster. The issue for Capel is with potential comes expectations, and I think that might end up being a double-edged sword for him this year. If they don't achieve, could see 
a vacancy at the head coaching position at Pitt next offseason, but I won't predict that. I'm just saying potential hot seat situation there for Mr. Cable. Oh, I will say it. I mean, if Jeff Cable <laughs> doesn't win this year, it's put up or shut up time because there he's go. got there go. enough time at Pittsburgh. <laughs> if he doesn't wind up, I'm not even saying go to the NCAA tournament and wins 20 plus games, but if you don't see marked improvement for Pittsburgh, it certainly will be time for them to be able to move on. I do have my question marks with regards to Nellie Cummings coming in for lack of a better term, but Blake Henson, a little bit of upside guy as well. So I think that that's going to be fascinating to look at for Pittsburgh guys. Joining me on the podcast, we do have Jim Rude. And when it comes to teams that have had relatively solid off seasons, I think that Pittsburgh under the radar as we will have some as well. I don't know if there's a couple other teams that come to mind for you, but a team that I'm just starting to warm up on more and more is West Virginia. I take a look at what they've been able to do. They bring back Evan Matthews. Joe Toussaint, I think, was very sneaky for them. And then you wind up bringing in Trey Mitchell, who was one of the top players in the transfer portal last year. You did wind up stepping away from Texas a little bit late in the year. I feel like that was just a case in which there were so many mouths of feed. And really, when it came down to it, I think everyone with the Texas situation was relatively unhappy. I think that Marcus Carr coming in just wound up ruining that whole thing that Texas wound up having going on. But I do like the moves that West Virginia's made. Is there a team or two that you think might be going a little bit under the radar that you really like the moves that they've been able to do this offseason? These two aren't under the radar. I think they're probably pretty well unanimous big offseasons. I love what Providence and Florida have both done. I think they've added huge pieces. And maybe this one's slightly more under the radar. I really like Florida State. Some of their moves, quote-unquote, are just getting guys healthy. I mean, last year they were completely ravaged. I think the fun stat was they played Duke twice, and in the second matchup they had five different starters due to injury from the first matchup. So Seminoles really, really struggled down the stretch, but I think getting guys like Cale Mills back, Matthew Cleveland, John Butler's at the Combine, so he's one of those guys that we mentioned, a draft decision has got to be made. But I think adding size and shooting with Darren Green from UCF, and then Jalen Ganey from Brown, he's not going to be like a complete game changer, but he fits what they want to do. He's a little bit switchable on defense, great shot blocker from the Ivy League, and he was the Ivy Defensive Player of the Year. Actually, three years ago. Two years ago, they didn't play basketball. That's right. I like what Florida State has done, and, and Leonard Hamilton has a great history there. And despite losing one of his key assistants to Mizzou this offseason, I think the Seminoles are going to have a, a really big bounce back year and be a top 25 squad next year. Yep, I think so as well with Florida State. They just got completely ravaged by injuries. I mean, you could have made a very solid starting five out of the injuries that they wound up having last season, so that really hurt them. And I do think that there's going to be a lot of upward momentum with regards to a lot of these ACC schools, and there's never a shortage of upward momentum with you, Jim, because you guys over there at the three-man weave always put out tremendous work. I know that you guys, much like myself, are taking a look at all these moves that we're getting in the offseason because it's a little bit early to be able to do conference previews and things like that with just so many players in the transfer portal and so many draft decisions. But I know you guys are saying vigilant. You guys are taking note of everything that we're getting right now. And I know that once we wind up getting a little bit more clarity, you guys are going to be pumping out those conference previews, top 25s, list goes on and on. You guys always shell out the goods when it comes to the three-man weave. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Podcast is the Three Man Weave College Basketball Podcast. You mentioned our Twitter handles at the top, Three Man Weave, 3MW underscore CBB. I'm Second Chance Points. I believe Kai and I will be recording a mailbag episode later today that will come out today, so you will see that. Matt is vacationing in Bermuda, so we're going to let him have his time out there. That's the big thing on the horizon. Like you said, a lot of the writing will come later in the off-season once all these rosters are settled. But, yeah, check us out on social media. Check out the podcast. That will be going throughout the off-season once a week. 
appreciate the opportunity to get those plugs in. Always appreciate the time of all the gentlemen of the three-man weave on this podcast. They are some of the best in the business. And today, it was Jim that joined me. Did an absolutely terrific job giving out the goods. And he, much like myself, a man from the great state of Wisconsin, I do apologize for the dig at the School of Missouri, who has done a great job at the transfer portal. So we will get that out there before we wind up letting Jim sign off here. As Jim always does a great job. Big thanks so for joining me in the last segment right here on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we want to see in college basketball on Wednesday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And we're back in lovely Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Heaps with myself, Greg Heaps Pierce. And now a part of the Eason Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get any of the gentlemen of the three-man weave on the podcast. 
Today, it was our friend Jim Rude who wound up joining me. Guy does an absolutely terrific job over there. The man, like I said, is from the great state of Wisconsin, now lives out here in lovely Las Vegas. Does a great job of taking a look at college basketball throughout the entirety of the year. So, a big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now, it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to everything that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Wednesday. And right after we wound up doing the interview with our good friend Jim Root, we did wind up seeing a couple of big moves with Umaja Gibson. He was playing last season over at Oklahoma. He decided that he was going to be going to DePaul. And all of a sudden, the arrow is trending upward just a little bit on DePaul. Once again, Wada Gang left out of the Big 12 versus Big East Challenge. Second straight year that that wound up happening to them. But you take a look at Gibson. Last season, he was at Oklahoma. Put up a little bit over 13 points per contest. Shot 39% from three, a career 39.6% three-point shooter. Probably is going to need to work on facilitating a little bit more. Throughout his career, his average between 1.5 and 2 assists per contest in pretty much every single year. Has been a good defender, though, with 1.3 steals per contest. A little bit of an undersized guy, but I absolutely love his game. I think that he's going to be able to come in, and he's going to be able to make a big difference for a DePaul team that they wound up losing Javon Freeman Liberty. So he certainly is not going to be Javon Freeman Liberty, especially when it comes to glass, but certainly is going to be a capable shooter, someone who I think is going to be able to make a big impact with regards to that backcourt. Alabama now is going to be able to team up Dominic Welsh with Mark Sears. Welsh last season, he was playing at St. Bonaventure, averaged 12.5 points, 6 rebounds per contest. From three-point range, wound up shooting 37.5% from distance, and that was such a big kryptonite of Alabama last year. You wound up having such inconsistent three-point shooting. J.D. Davison, I would be very surprised if he winds up returning to school. I think that he and Keon Ellis both have pretty much decided that they are just in for the draft now. Last year, it was really Jaden Shackelford and Javon Quinterly that wound up leading things for this team. You've got to figure that Quinterly is going to be back at some point, but he is dealing with a little bit of an injury that is probably going to be keeping him out until right around SEC play, so that is a little bit of an issue for this bunch, but you take a look at them also having Jaden Bradley in the fold as well. Noah Gurley, I think, is going to be able to take some strides forward with Badeko being solid down low. I like the outlook of this Alabama team, so that is absolutely tremendous for them. You wound up seeing Xavier Pinson decide that he is going to be going down a little bit as well. He has decided that he is going to be going to New Mexico State, and this is absolutely massive for New Mexico State because you remember what Teddy Allen was able to do last season, and I would say that Teddy Allen is a little bit less than what Xavier Pinson is. Pinson, not as much of a scorer as Teddy Allen is. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but if you want an ultimate defender right here, Pinson is that. This last year at LSU, wound up putting up 10 points, 5 assists, 2 steals out there in the SEC. Now, they wind up having a little bit of a turnover issue, and I mentioned it, 3-point shooting, not great job. 24% 24% from three. Now, in past years, had been a little bit better. He wound up actually shooting 40% from three his freshman year at Missouri, but that's not necessarily his forte. But him going over to New Mexico State, absolutely massive. Now, it's been an up and down offseason for New Mexico State because he did wind up having Chris Jans winding up deciding to go, ironically enough, to the SEC. But you take a look at what they've been able to do ever since then. The way that they've been able to stay relatively in-house, be able to keep a couple of these guys around. You do lose someone like a Serge Javari Rice, but I mean, New Mexico State always does a great job of being able to take a look at the transfer portal. He's going to be joining one of the gentlemen that also was at Missouri a few years ago in Dewan Gordon. you got Jordan Ivy Curry, a double-figure scorer from UTSA, the Roadrunners. He's going to be coming in as well. So this has been a very good period here for New Mexico State ever since. They've had uh, 
started to piece things together ever since the loss of Chris Jansen. This is going to go a long way in being able to do so. This, I think, is a pretty big transfer for this school as well. UT Arlington, the Mavericks, they wind up bringing in Aaron Cash. Now, Cash didn't wind up seeing a ton of minutes for Texas A&M, but he was a consistent rotation piece for them. Wound up putting up three rebounds, two and a half points per contest. No question, not a guy that was able to light it up from three-point range, but he was a guy that towards back half of the season did wind up seeing quite a few minutes, especially out there in SEC play. Was just really a comes-and-goes sort of guy because when he wound up getting set minutes, this was someone that he could wind up going out there and he could wind up doing quite a bit. He wound up having a period from late Christmas until late January. There was a seven-game stretch from December 27th through January 19th in which he was averaging right around six rebounds per contest. They were giving him right around 16 to 17 minutes per game, and he was really able to show his worth, was able to do a little bit of facilitating. Six-foot-six combo player that doesn't wind up shooting a lot of threes. So UT Arlington going to be probably looking to go a little bit more defense-oriented once again this season, but I think that he could be a big cog for them, and out there in the Sun Belt, he should be able to dominate that conference. So, very good pick up there. You wind up seeing Isaiah Wilson. He was playing this last season at the Richmond Itsy Bitsy Spider School, and he decided that he is going to be going to Winthrop, and I think that he can go into Winthrop, and he can wind up having some success. Did wind up starting 15 games a season, didn't wind up seeing a whole gobble ton of minutes. Wound up actually shooting 45% from three as a freshman this last year, more like 24.5%. I think that this year is probably a little bit more indicative than last season, but someone who I think that if he's given the opportunity can do a solid job of be a run some offense. Drew Bugs, we wound up seeing him last season over there at Winthrop do a relatively solid job of being able to be a pass-first guy, really get guys in the fold. Now, DJ turned it up. Burns, out of the fold for this team, that no question is a little bit of an issue, but I do think that Wilson is going to be able to go in there, be able to make a little bit of an impact with regards to that backcourt, so going to be intriguing to see what winds up happening there. You did wind up seeing Tracy Evans decide that he is going to be transferring away from UMKC as well. Didn't wind up seeing a lot of playing time, only wound up putting up right around 3.5 points per contest. 6'9", a little bit of a combo player, so we're going to see where he winds up ending up. This one was a little bit more surprising as you did wind up seeing Terrence Lewis the second. He last season was playing at Jackson State and he was relatively solid at Jackson State. Was able to put up 8.5 points per contest. I believe that he wound up beginning his career with the mean green of North Texas. 6.5 rebounds per game and as the season went along, he wound up becoming better and better and wound up seeing more and more minutes. You tell that at the beginning of the season. He didn't seem to be necessarily too comfortable with the system. And then towards back half of the season from February on, final 10 games, 13.5 points, 1.3 steals per contest. Not a guy that's going to go out there and shoot threes with his size being right around 6'6", ish, so a little bit more of a traditional post player, but wound up having 8-plus rebounds per game. He was able to do a very nice job with that regard. So he is now out there in the transfer portal. Got to figure that there's going to be quite a few schools that are going to be in on him. It's going to be interesting to see what schools are going to be in on this gentleman as well as Joey Baker. He has decided that he is going to be transferring away from Duke. He was a little bit of a senior captain that he was a top 50 recruit but could never really get out there on the floor and could never really show his worth. Four and a half points per contest. Solid three-point shooter. Shot 40% from three-point range, but a little bit one-dimensional. As a six-foot-six combo player, never averaged more than 1.2 rebounds per game. Now, I think that he could be a solid cog on a power conference team. I don't think that he's ever going to live up to that top 50 recruiting ranking that he wound up getting, but I mean, we certainly have seen it with other guys that wound up going from Duke. Someone like a Alex O'Connell that wound up going to 
Creighton. He never necessarily tore it up at Creighton, but he was a nice cog for a team that wanted making the NCAA tournament. I could certainly see that for Joey Baker as well. Nassim Khalid, he was redshirting after he wanted to spend the 2020-21 season at Morgan State. He has decided that he's going to go to Wake Technical Community College. This is very easy for you handicapping. All you need to note is that Mr. Khalid did not wind up seeing any playing time last season, but was on the roster, and now he's no longer at the D1 level, so that is very, very simple with that regard. Caleb Brawls, he was playing at maybe State. He decided to go to Pearl River Community College, guy that wound up having right around two points per contest, so not a lot of an impact there. You did wind up seeing another guy wind up going down to the non-D1 level in Isaac Hip Puddle. He was someone that the last few seasons was playing at Coastal Carolina and wasn't terrible at Coastal Carolina. Wound up seeing his best year during the 2019-20 season where he was able to give the team right around four rebounds per game, capable of being able to shoot threes at six foot seven, but for his career, only shot right around 22% from three-point range, so a little bit of a depth flow there. For Coastal Carolina, I didn't think they was necessarily going to be doing a ton, but I did think that there might be a little bit of upside if given the minutes. Jake Forrester, apparently St. Louis sees a little bit of upside in him. He has decided that he is going to be going to St. Louis. Well, Travel Man actually began his career at Indiana. Last three seasons has been playing with Temple, and the big thing for him is that he just hasn't been able to stay out there on the floor. Only wound up playing 15 games this last season. His really big year came during the 2020-21 season with Temple. Nine and a half points, six and a half rebounds per contest. Not a guy that's going to go out there and shoot threes. Has never made a three in his career at six foot eight, but is very good at being able to clog up the lanes. He'll be able to give you a couple rebounds at last season. Wanted giving you a little bit under a block for contest. So was able to do a nice job of being able to pick things up with regards to just being able to contest shots in general. So should be a nice little defensive stopper for a St. Louis team that they've really been lacking that ever since Hassan French wanted going out of the fold. So I think that that is going to be solved for them. Chuck's is C. Tua. He was playing this last season at IEPUI, good old EWPUI, and he played 29 games for the team, so he was one of the lone constants for this team. Wound up putting up 5.5 points, 4.5 rebounds per game, and he decided that he's going to go to a place in which is not going to run him for 40 minutes, and he's going to be going to Fresno State. He was playing at a very slow, methodical style in IEPUI, so he's going to a Fresno State program that they wind up doing much more of the same, and I mean, this is a guy that was a little bit of an afterthought towards the beginning part of the season, wound up seeing minutes because IEPUI just could not wind up keeping guys healthy. Now, you take a look at the last nine games of the season for Estua. He wound up giving the team nine points, 1.4 blocks per contest, and nine rebounds per game, but you gotta wonder how much of that was just the fact that IEPUI had five guys at the end of the year, and someone wound up having to get out there on the floor and had to get numbers, and I think that he's a little bit of a victim of that. Do I think that he could be able to be a little bit of a role player for a Fresno State team that's gonna lose Orlando Robinson to the NBA draft? I think that he could wind up seeing a couple minutes, but I certainly don't think that he's going to have the same production that he had towards the back half of the season with IUPUI. Brandon Weston wound up playing at Seton Hall last season. Well, he really didn't play too much as he wound up seeing action in, I believe, just one game, but is a former top one recruit, number five out there in the state of Arizona. Six foot five, a little bit of a combo player that just could not wind up getting out there on the floor last season. He has decided that he is going to be going to Rhode Island, and this is a big get for Archie Miller and company. You can tell that the Mr. Cox era over there at Rhode Island, it just was not going well. All of a sudden, Archie Miller has been able to bring in some talent. He has a track record of success. Miller does uh, be able to win at the Atlantic 10 level, being able to go into Dayton and doing a great job there. And it seems like he's going to be able to bring in quite a few guys with quite a bit of talent. Probably not going to see the most up-tempo of teams in the world, but I do think that Archie Miller 
doing some great work there, and that is a big-time gift for them. Clarence Rupert, he was playing at St. Peter's last year for the good old Peacocks and wound up having a couple big games in the NCAA tournament, including that Sweet 16 game against Purdue, in which he wound up bearing quite a few threes. He has decided that he is going to be going to Southern Illinois, and this is a very good fit. St. Peter's was not necessarily an overly slow team, but a team that really hung their head on defense. Southern Illinois in recent years has been one of the slowest teams, a team that is looking to play a little bit more defense, and you take a look at Rupert. He did wind up having six-plus points in three of the team's four NCAA tournament games. A guy that, as a freshman, at six foot eight, two 245, was able to bury a couple threes right around four and a half points, two and a half rebounds per game. So certainly he was able to do his best work when it came to the NCAA tournament. But the guy that should be able to go into Southern Illinois, I do think that he's going to be warranting some minutes. So he is someone that is going to be worth watching there. And that is a very solid get for Southern Illinois. You did wind up also seeing A.J. Ferguson. He was at East Central College. He has decided that he is going to be going to Southern Illinois as well. So this was a very big day for Southern Illinois. And with A.J. Ferguson... Someone that was able to tear it up a little bit at the lower level. Not a guy that necessarily has a ton of meat on his bones, but you may remember East Central was that team that wound up playing a scrimmage against Arkansas, and they very nearly beat him in it. Now, obviously, it's a scrimmage, but that said, you take a look at Ferguson, the 6'6 combo player, right around 11 points, 3.7 rebounds per game as a true freshman. So this is going to be a little bit of a project here for Southern Illinois, in my opinion, but was able to shoot 36% from three-point range. Did a solid job of being able to get right around ACO per contest, a little bit of versatility there. In a few years, I think that he could become a player for Southern Illinois. If you're expecting anything that is going to be massive right off the bat, I don't think that you're going to be able to get that, but certainly a trend in the right direction. And then Marion University wound up getting a pair of very good recruits. Marion of Indianapolis, Indiana, I should say, because there is also a Marion that is very close to UW Oshkosh, and I was getting very excited that D3 Marion out there in my home state was getting some very good recruits, but unfortunately that is not the case as Jackson Amos and Tyshawn Cherry have both decided that they are going to be going to Marion University with Amos last season. He was at Miami of Ohio, only wound up seeing action in seven games, was able to give the team right around three rebounds per contest, was dealing with a couple of ailments, six foot 11, 255 pound gentleman, so he should be able to come in and he should be able to help them out right away and Tyshawn Cherry heading down to the 9-D1 level is very surprising because he was at Arizona State a few seasons ago, and this was a highly touted guy coming out of high school. And he's a former top 50 recruit, according to 247 Sports. Now, you have to go back to the class of 2018 for this, but for a guy in Tyshawn Cherry who... 247 Sports, not only was he in the top 50, he was number 38. He's now going down to 91 Marion University. That tells you how bad things have went for him. And I mean, at Grand Canyon, it's not like he tore it up. It's not like he was terrible. Five points, three rebounds per contest. To say that he's been a buster Rooney would be very fair, but for him to stoop all the way down to the non-D1 level, that's just a little bit of a sad story right there. So you got that going on. You wound up seeing Ramel Manson. He was playing at Long Beach State this last season. He is going to be adding to the swag. He is going to be playing for Jackson State. He last season at Long Beach State, a little bit more of a role player. Actually wound up being a starter during the 2019-20 season where he wound up putting up right around four and a half points, three and a half rebounds per contest. Been a guy that has taken a few threes throughout his career. Not as forte as he's actually a 48% free throw shooter. Six foot nine, 230 pound gentleman though and should be able to give Jackson State a little bit of help, especially with Terrence Lewis deciding that he's going to be entering into the transfer portal. They wound up losing Javius McKinnis. He certainly is not going to be Javius McKinnis, but he should be able to come in right away and 
I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up starting right off the bat. You don't necessarily have ideal size out there in the SPAC, so he should be a good commodity for them. You did wind up also seeing Chase Courtney decide that he was going to be entering into the transfer portal. Was playing at San Jose State a few seasons ago. Walked on to Arizona State. Never wound up playing for Arizona State. Wound up averaging right around one and a half points, one and a half rebounds per game, six foot ten. 230-pound big man that just could never really find his footing in general. So I'm going to be fascinated to see if anyone winds up nibbling on him because this is just a case of a guy that was never really highly touted. He wants to be able to get out there on the floor, but certainly has not been able to get that opportunity. And then you wind up having Graham Cassatt. He was playing this last season at South Dakota, and he has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal as well. This is someone that, while he was at South Dakota, just did not wind up seeing the floor. Wound up redshirting last season, six foot seven, little bit of a combo player, a guy that, from everything I've seen, he's able to pop a couple threes, but certainly not a guy that was necessarily on the radar nationally as being a highly regarded recruit or anything like that. So we're going to see where he winds up ending up. Deron Coleman, the second, he was beginning his career over in the MAC with Ball State. Wound up playing this last year at Missouri and didn't put up bad numbers with Missouri. Want to give him the team eight and a half points. 2.8 assists, 3.5 rebounds per game, and 30% from three doesn't sound good, but that's actually significantly better than most of the guys from Missouri wanted shooting, but he's decided that he's going to go back to happy. He's going to go to Ball State. Last year that he was there during the 2020-21 season, put up some nice numbers. 14 points, 5 boards, 3.2 assists, shot 42.5% from three on 5.5 threes per contest. The defense out there in the MAC, not as stingy as it is in the SEC. So I do think that he's going to come back. He's going to be able to duplicate those double-figure numbers, be able to shoot it well from three-point range. So I think that this is a match made in heaven for both, and I'm sure that both are very happy with regards to this move. Maximus Edwards, he was playing this last season at Kansas State. He has said that he is going to be going to George Washington, wanted up red-shirting this last season. So this is a little bit more of an upside pick up when it comes to George Washington, a program that they just really haven't been able to get online. It was very clear that things were not working out with Jamie on Christian, so they wound up having to go to Chris Caputo in this offseason. And wouldn't be surprised if Caputo winds up running things a little bit more differently as he winds up being able to come in after he wound up spending many, many years as an assistant over there with the Miami program and was able to do some solid work over there. So I think that it's going to be fascinating to see how he winds up working out over there because with Edwards was a little bit more of an upside guy. You take a look at 247 Sports and with their class of 2021, they had him as a little bit more of a six foot five combo player, a guy that's able to pop a couple threes and he is a native of the state of Connecticut. So going a little bit closer to home, if he's able to see a little bit of playing time, I think that he he could be able to emerge and be a little bit of a cog with regards to this program. You did wind up seeing Keith Littles decide that he is going to be leaving Florida A&M. And he's not heading to New Mexico. He's heading to Western New Mexico. So he has decided that he is going to be going out to the 91 level. And for Littles, I mean, he wound up putting up some solid numbers. And he started in 15 games for Florida A&M. It doesn't sound significant, but this is actually a little bit of a blow for a team that they very much are defense-oriented. They are a little bit of a scheme team. Six points per contest shot 36% from three for a team that they really don't launch a lot of threes. So that is going to be one that is actually going to sting them quite a bit. I was a little bit surprised to see him go down to the non-D1 level because he actually wound up putting up some very good numbers while he was over there at Florida A&M. You did wind up seeing Eric Norweather. That is an interesting name. He was playing at 
Truman State this last season, and he has decided that he is going to be going to Drake. We've been noticing a lot of Missouri Valley Conference teams ever since you wound up seeing pretty much the Lincoln Memorial staff take over Indiana State, decide to go down to the 91 level, and with Norweather, he's a 6'10", 230-pound gentleman that was a freshman last year that put up only about 10 points per contest. Got to feel like he's going to be a little bit more of a developmental player, only wound up putting up four rebounds per contest. Did wind up shooting 38.5% from three-point range, so if they're looking to sort of funnel what they wound up getting out of Liam Robbins, a guy with size that's able to pop threes. They've got a little bit of project here, and in a few years, I think that he's going to be solid. I don't think that this year you can expect a lot out of Norweather. I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up being one of those guys that winds up redshirting, and then we wind up seeing him in two or three years be able to light it up, but I don't think that we can expect a lot out of him this season. Adong Mekul. I think it's fair to expect a little bit more out of him. He was playing at Northern Illinois this last season. Gave Northern Illinois right around six points, 3.3 rebounds per contest. Test wound up starting in most of the team's games. Needs to do a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball at six foot nine. Only being able to give the team right around three rebounds per contest. That's a little bit tough, but at the same time, he is going to be heading over to a Tennessee State team that they've just been needing rebounding in general. This has been a team that they have been towards the bottom of all of college basketball with regards to rebound rate. I mean, you just take a look at what they wound up getting last season, and they had one guy that wound up being able to give them more than five rebounds per game. That was in Kasim Nicholson, was able to do a very solid job, but they're losing a lot of the guys that wanted making them, I'm not even going to call it successful because they were 14 and 18, but competent out there in the OVC. So this is going to be a good pickup for them. And then you did wind up seeing a couple of NBA draft decisions as well. Amino Muhammad has decided that he is going to be staying in the NBA draft. And he last season while he was over there at Georgetown, did wind up putting up some good numbers. He was a former top 25 prospect, according to ESPN, 13 and a half points per contest. Shot right around 31% from three-point range. You were expecting a little bit more there, but put up eight boards, 1.6 yells per game. Problem was, he was a part of a Georgetown team that was just completely and utterly allergic to defense. So that was a big, giant issue for them. But he has decided that he is going to be staying in the NBA draft. Would not be surprised if he perhaps becomes like a late second-round pick. But it seemed very clear that he did not want to wind up going back to Georgetown. So he has decided that he is going to be staying in the draft. And Alexis Yetna has decided that he is going to be going back to Seton Hall for another season. A guy with some very good versatility. He wound up being able to give Seton Hall last year right around 8 points per contest. Began his career at South Florida. And someone who at right around six foot eight ish needs to work on consistency with regards to his three-point shooting. Because as a freshman for South Florida, actually shot 37% from three this last year. That was down to 23% for distance, but was able to give the team a little bit over seven rebounds per game. It's going to be interesting to see what Shaheen Hallway and company have up their sleeve, but Shaheen Hallway has been able to do a good job out there in the transfer portal, and you've got to figure that Yetna is going to be a starter down low for them. Another returner is Marcus Shaver Jr., who was playing at Boise State this last season, and Boise State... They are going to be losing a couple pieces from last season, and I do think that it's going to be very fascinating to see what winds up happening with the few guys that are out there in the transfer portal for this team, because I believe that Abu Kiab is one of those guys, along with Emmanuel Acott, that most likely are not going to be back. I think that Acott is in the portal, and I think that Kiab is just out of eligibility in general, but Shaver is probably going to be the guy that they look to the most out there in the backcourt, and then Tyson Dijonard is going to need to step up for the team with regards to the low post a little bit more, but you do take a look at Shaver, right around 13.5 points per contest. 
did he give out two assists for contest? That's something that he's probably going to need to work on a little bit more, but was able to shoot in the neighborhood about 35.5% from three-point range. A very good on-ball defender. And was able to give you a little bit over a steal per contest. You figure that he probably didn't have the world's greatest NBA prospects, but him being able to come back to Boise State, that is absolutely massive for them as they look to get back to the NCAA tournament. I don't know if they're going to be able to do so or not because they are a team that they're going to be missing quite a bit from last season, but it certainly makes Boise State so very, very relevant out there in the Mountain West and is certainly going to be helping out the prospects of Boise State. K.J. Williams has decided that he is going to be withdrawing from the NBA draft. This was pretty much assumed. He decided that he was going to be transferring to LSU about a week or so ago. And he put up 18 points in after he was a 6'10 gentleman that shot in the mid-30s from three-point range last season. And that was honestly a little bit of a down year from. I absolutely love what LSU has been able to do this offseason. But yeah, figured that he was going to be coming back when he wound up deciding that he was going to be going by the transfer portal to LSU to play for his old head coach over there at Murray State in Mississippi. Mr. McMahon, so yeah, figured that that would be the case. Maurice Kalou has decided that he is going to be staying in the NBA draft, according to John Rossine. I mean, Maurice Kalou did not wind up doing much this last season in general. He was part of an Oregon State team that was really, really poopy this season. Last season, I was with Oregon State during that 2020-21 season. While they made the Elite 80, it was a big cog in that. Well, again, the team 8.5 points per contest this last season shot 35.5% from three-point range. And after the cataclysmically bad year that Oregon State wound up having, I cannot blame him for not wanting to go back to Oregon State. I'll just put it to you like that, and we'll leave it there. And for Oregon State, I had them towards the bottom of the Pac-12, even with them back. Without him back, they're still going to be struggling. And for Aaron Estrada, inside that he is going to be going back to school. He's going to be going back to Hofstra. You figured that this was going to be the case, but very significant because, I mean, he had Hofstra last season. 18.5 points, 5 assists, 5.7 rebounds, 1.5 steals per game. If he wasn't the only player that wound up having those averages, he's one of like two or three guys. Shot right around 33% from three, so not terrible, not terrific, but 93.5% at the free throw line. Really ran a good backcourt for Ofstra, and I think that they're going to be a force once again this next season. They probably are going to be running out of eligibility for Jalen Reyes. I believe that he wanted to be using up all five of his years, but that said, you are also going to be able to bring back Darlson Dunbar, who was able to give the team right around 12 points per contest. Zach Cooks is going to be out of eligibility, and Kevon Kramer did wind up leaving by the transfer portal, but you still have a little bit down low with regards to this team as well, and you just take a look at what Speedy Claxton is doing at Hofstra. I am very impressed, and hopefully you're impressed by what we're doing over here with this podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, keeping track of a little bit of everything that we're getting by the transfer portal, and then once we wind up getting a little bit more clarity as to the portal and these NBA draft decisions, going to be dropping all sorts of previews for you guys, looking at all 32 conferences, doing a deep dive on every single team. So if you're looking forward to that, and you like what I'm doing on this podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at one Keep in mind, letters in. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline, and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated, and then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Big thanks once again in the second segment to Jim Root of the three-man weave who wound up joining me once we wind up getting into the season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day, and during the offseason, news and notes of college basketball and previews coming at you every single day, which means I'll be coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.